It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going? Welcome to episode number 722 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, June 1st. Happy Pride Month, everybody. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, which is brought to you today by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar there is. Go to BuiltBar.com for $10 off your first order. You won't regret it. Uh, all right, on today's show, I am joined by the same crew we had on on Thursday and Friday, Vivek Jacob. Vivek, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. And Katie Heidel. Katie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. That's good. Um, and so the reason we've reassembled the uh, Friendship Mailbag crew here is we got a question on Thursday as sort of the George Floyd protests were just kind of getting rolling. It was just a couple of days after everything had broken. It was very much the story of the time and the day. And we got a question asked about asked of us about the you know the statement that Stephen Jackson had made and just sort of our general thoughts on everything that was going on. And at the time, I opted not to address it. And you know, there are probably some underlying reasons for that. I think there's the thought that maybe what we're addressing on our stupid little mailbag podcast is probably not of the same tone of what should be talked about or how that conversation should go. I think there was probably a thought that, you know, this is a little bit overwhelming and you know, what are good are we actually going to do on a podcast like this to offer anything to the conversation? I think there was all, probably some laziness and just ultimately a, a not wanting to have an uncomfortable conversation when we should have had it. And so I want to apologize for that off the top. Um, listener Jeff sent in the question and we, we should have addressed it. And so I wanted to take today to sort of talk about things at length here and just kind of go around. We'll talk about Masai Ujiri. We'll talk about Fred Van Vliet and other Raptors coming up and, and speaking. Um, we'll talk about this show and steps that we can take with this show to uh, better serve the, the community that you know, we don't exist without, we don't exist without black athletes who we get to talk about every day. And there are listeners of the show of all different uh, backgrounds. And we have plenty of black listeners who 
we did a disservice to by not addressing it on the podcast on Thursday and Friday. And so I just wanted to leave our, us today's show just to kind of talk things over and, and kind of, you know, voice our feelings and everything and, and go around the horn. Um, first of all, I, I think I want to address the, you know, the fact that it seemed like it was an overwhelming conversation, maybe a conversation too big for a podcast like this. And that's just not right. I mean, I sit here in a position where I'm, it's not lost to me the privilege I have. I am a white, straight, 20-something-year-old man in sports media. Things have not been necessarily difficult for me to, you know, to, to find work and, and hold jobs and find new opportunities. And this podcast and me hosting it is very much a product of that privilege. And it's the least that we can do with a show like this to use that platform that the privilege has at least provided someone like me to talk about things that affect communities that don't have the same privilege. And so I think the show, you know, certainly, you know, I think it matters to talk about something like that on this show. And I keep rambling and I'll, I'll sort of let one of you interject here. Levesque, let's start with you. I mean, how do you think this show can do a better job? And what do you think the responsibility of the show uh, is to talk about things like Black Lives Matter and the protests that are going on and George Floyd and all, and all that? And it's not like we even have shied away from tough conversations on this show before we did last week. And that was a mistake But Vivek. I'm just wondering your thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, I think first of all, I want to say it is courageous for you to admit that and own up to it. Cause you could have just not mentioned it. We could have done this episode and no one would have known. Uh, so I do respect the fact that you've done that. Um, as far as our responsibility goes, I think uh, I go back to, what Jalen Rose said on Get Up recently about people loving black culture and not necessarily uh, reciprocating that same love for black people. And for us, we consume the NBA. Uh, majority of our income stems from covering these black athletes. And uh, I've built a, a Twitter following and we've built a Twitter following from primarily tweeting about black athletes. And so uh, we do have a responsibility. That's one of the things that I've been sort of self-reflecting on. Uh, you know, for me, whether it be meaningful conversations, donations, sort of interactive opportunities to give back to the community, I've always done that privately. That's just who I am. That's been my nature. Uh, but what I've realized over this past week is that it, that is not enough. Mm. that uh, what the collective we have done to this point uh, has not been enough. And so having built somewhat of a platform for myself, uh, I do have a responsibility to be uh, public, more public uh, in an effort to promote the change that I want to see. Uh, like Masai said in his statement, you know, it's being good is not good enough. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that is how I want to be different going forward. Katie? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Sean, like, thanks also for kind of on behalf of all of us, like, speaking to what we talked about sort of since that episode. Um, and the fact that, like, I don't, when we, when we had, I mean, full disclosure, it's when it was brought up, we kind of thought the conversation was a little bit like, what would we, what would we add to that conversation at that moment? Um, and I think, that's obviously a mistake. I think there's a fear and like a trepidation when it comes to this kind of thing 
of having saying like the wrong thing or being worried about saying the wrong thing when that just like stops people from saying anything. And that's not the right response. Like that's not the right reaction. I think so much we're kind of um, like stymied in this culture of like politeness um, and like apology, but like not really like genuine apology because our apologies are often not centered on like actual harm and mm. actual wrongdoing. It's kind of just to avoid, you know, a, a conflict or like a conversation in this case. So, you know, I think there's merit to having uncomfortable conversations. I mean, I tend to like think in the writing I've done, that's where I try and center it around like more like culture, cultural conversations and conversations of like, I mean, culture, when I say cultural, I mean culture like of the league. Mm-hmm and sort of like big social issues. But, you know, to Vivek's point as well, like we we still all co-opt to a degree, even if we're thinking we're aware of what it is we're writing, we're still all co-opting to agree a primarily black league with like primarily black athletes. And we don't necessarily always have it in the front of our minds of how we're navigating that. Mm-hmm. And are we doing it in like a thoughtful way? And are we doing it in a way that yeah, it contributes, but we're kind of acknowledging it as we go. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we talk about it and like make ourselves uncomfortable and also like stop centering ourselves in it, which I think is a big thing that we as like writers definitely do. And I know white writers definitely do it a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the sooner we do that, the better. And to just realize that, you know, I think Sean, like you and I have talked about this before, but more in terms of like, um, social social justice issues around women, mm-hmm. but like there isn't a point with this kind of thing where the conversation ends. Like there isn't yeah. a point where you get to a comfortable ending, right? Like it's an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue. And I think that's kind of daunting to some people because you immediately have to opt into consistent, continual work, right? Like, and that can be tiring and I think that can be overwhelming, but I think often the first the first like step is just to be willing to like listen and hear people and like ask what you can do to help. Mm -hmm. And I think to that point, I mean, the, the fear of saying the wrong thing that certainly came into play on Thursday when we were talking about, you know, what can we add to the conversation? Can't we actually add anything of, of value? And the point is, I think to, you know, talk about it as best you can. And if you do say something that doesn't line up, you know, use that as a learning experience and teach yourself and, and take those learning experiences to make yourself a better speaker on these types of things down the line. Uh, we have a lot more to get to on today's show, of course. Uh, first, a very quick check-in on Built Bar, which are the best protein bars you're ever going to try. It's a protein bar. tastes like a candy bar, 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate and nut flavors, eight chocolate and nut free, and bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. You've got the peanut butter brownie flavor, for example, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of net carbs. Uh, mint brownie, of course, uh, one of my faves, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, four grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. And and uh, all the, across the board, Built Bars have seven times less sugar than Cliff Bars. That is crazy. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is Jake from LOCKEDON. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so we continue on. Um, we should probably address the sort of uh, statements that have been coming out from the Raptors themselves over the last few days here. The Toronto Raptors team themselves put out kind of a vague, wishy-washy, not-at-all inspiring statement. I believe it was Friday night that came out. It was followed up yesterday or Saturday by the Maple Leafs actually having a much more strongly worded and specific uh, statement, which I thought um, kind of runs counter to everything you expect from hockey. But of course, with uh, back to the Raptors, we've seen Fred Van Vliet speak up Monday, Kyle Lowry, uh, Malcolm Miller has had a few great threads on Instagram stories and Twitter and whatnot. Uh, and Masai Ujiri, of course, wrote the op-ed for the Globe and Mail. And, you know, addressed his situation last year in Oakland at the NBA Finals, addressed what we've been talking about, the sort of need to no longer just be good. You have to be better than that. Otherwise, you're not helping the cause. And I I thought it was wonderful. Katie, I can go to you here first. Um, What were your thoughts on sort of, A, the statement from the Raptors themselves, Masai's piece, other players coming out, any sort of big takeaways from those? Yeah, the Raptors piece was like pretty bland and I think pretty flat. I mean, mm-hmm. it does it's not lost on me that then the Leafs also owned by MLC mm-hmm. had a day to perhaps like edit that statement and, mm-hmm. and I didn't read the Leafs one full disclosure, so I don't know necessarily word for word what it said. I mean, this is the kind of thing like you could like what Masai said, like it, you can't just be good. So I guess good in this case is making a statement. Mm-hmm. But at this point, making a statement is kind of the expectation. I mean, we're seeing so many brands like huge brands co-opt, co-opt it right to like say something um, where they're not really thinking about what the messaging actually is. So I think to be better is to like be explicit. Right. And mm-hmm. to like name like name things, you know, like yeah. say Black Lives Matter. Don't just say like, you know this sort of like generic unity and broad races. strokes yeah. Yeah, yeah like like no shit like we're all <laughs> we all agree with those statements but at this point like they're so ingrained that those words you know it's like in marketing it's like you hear the same buzzwords enough they don't mean anything anymore mm-hmm. so i think like i hope it means that we're good and i think a lot of people well, at least what i saw um were like pretty unhappy with that statement mm-hmm. um and I don't know. I don't think that's what compelled Messiah to write his own op-ed. I think mm-hmm. he probably, you know, that was like the best platform for him to use. Um, and he is like, he has been, he always is like a vocal person when it comes to social justice. Um, but I, I don't know. I hope, I hope that this is kind of the moment where if you're going to make a team statement or you're going to make a statement at all, like you have to make it count. You can't mm-hmm. just like, say something, I think we're getting to the point where people are going to reject that. Mm-hmm. Vivek? 
Yeah, I, I think honestly speaking, the Raptor statement was disappointing. When you look at what we like to think the Raptors stand for from a periphery, uh, I don't think that statement necessarily reflected that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you look at the wizard statement, for example, mm-hmm. that is the type of statement you have to make. Uh, and I think it makes it very clear on where they stand. It makes it clear on what they're against and uh, the type of organization they want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Raptors could have done a lot better in that regard. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't get the problem uh, in specifically saying the black community. No, mm-hmm. because or naming George Floyd or calling it murder. Like you can use these terms. It's just what, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, that's really frustrating for me. Um, I definitely think a Maasai statement uh, was needed. His op- uh, op-ed was needed and uh, definitely helped quell how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why like, I didn't even bother retweeting the Raptor statement or anything because I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's great to have a leader like Maasai. It's great to have someone like him that can tell it like it is when he talks about the cycle that you know these deaths are happening and then we get into a rage over it mm-hmm. headlines come they go and then we, we just sort of seem to move on and that can't be the case and uh you know him talking about his experience only costing him a moment and you know uh the experience costing what his life i think the, uh, floyd is life i think that those are the things that need to be addressed. Those are the things that are so evident. And so mm-hmm. when you try to skirt around those things, um, it gives fans uh, a lot less to be proud of than they want to be. Yeah, I'm really curious sort of how, and this is, I think, is going to be something that we have to kind of consider as we move forward in sports is, you know, how much does the team that you support how much do their stances on things inform how much you actually support the team or if you stop supporting the team, right? I mean, I can't imagine Dallas Mavericks fans are terribly proud to be Mavericks fans right now after whatever the fuck their statement was. Um, whereas, like you said, the Wizards, I, I, that, that kind of, I, I feel like, would engender a lot more pride considering the, the, just like the bluntness of their statement. And the, again, the, specific, the specificity is so important here. Um, I don't know, Katie, like, have you sort of reconciled that, that at all? Like, how do you sort of take in how a team, which is ultimately a corporation, and, you know, there's something at odds, but I think all of our values just in that. But um, when they handle things as they have, and they put out statements like the Raptors did on Friday before Masai stepped in and, you know, had his wonderful op-ed, uh, how does that sort of alter your opinion of the team overall? I mean, my stance is always like we place too much we treat things that we love in that sense too much as like a mirror Mm -hmm. and we want so badly what we think and we believe and we feel to be reflected back to us and i do think that's why a lot of team statements and statements of this nature become more vague because they are trying to appeal to like the, the the biggest audience they can right um so i think when you to me, it's always more important of like what individuals are saying and like whether they feel free to say it. I think that's probably more telling than like, you know, in the Mavs case, you know, is that's the ownership group. But then you've got like Cuban going out and protesting Mm -hmm. with players in Dallas yesterday. So that is more telling to me Mm -hmm. that like, you know, 
um, theoretically and literally he's like got their backs. He's out with them. I know he's like had some problematic things in his past, but like he's out, he's doing some form of work, right? He's showing, he's like Mm -hmm. showing up to a degree. Uh, Whereas like, and same with the Raptors, like you see, you see Masai like take the extra step um, to voice explicitly what you wanted the team to say, but the team didn't end up saying. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I think there is kind of a danger in wanting very badly for these things that we love to speak for us because it also, I think it makes us feel like we don't have to necessarily reach for like uncomfortable and specific words and name things. Right. Mm -hmm. And like work a little bit harder. And I think we should. So no, I don't think you should look, I think it's nice when like, I mean, the wizard statement was great. I think the Minnesota Lynx had like a great statement too. There have been some very good ones and it's always like a bonus, Mm -hmm. but I think like, you shouldn't wait to see what they say before you decide like where you land or end up. Like it shouldn't. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It shouldn't influence you that much because you have the, yeah, formed they, opinions aside from what the team. Yeah. You can love the team has. because I think for me, it's like, I love the Raptors because I, I love the pieces that make up that team, mm-hmm. you know? And I like people that work for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've established relationships with some of them, but like, I don't think, everybody was like in a room working on the statement like that was someone else's job so Mm -hmm. so yeah like to me that the statement doesn't have to speak for everyone and nor do i think it it should vivek anything else on that um i think katie hit on an important part at the end there where uh, when you look at the wizard statement you can see that clearly came from the players Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think when you look at the raptor statement uh i think the reason why fans struggle with it is because everything you've seen from the players on that roster, that statement, I don't think reflects how they would have put the message across. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that's where maybe there's a bit of a disconnect. And um, I think in that regard, when you look at, you know, the fact that the Raptors product, again, are primarily black athletes uh, who won this championship, it has to be more reflective mm-hmm. uh, of the ones who are dealing with this pain uh, of this magnitude magnitude. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think I totally get what Katie's saying in terms of a personal viewpoint. You can't associate that. You can't let that be reflective of what the statement is. Uh, but at the same time, whether it is uh, a team statement or whether it is individuals in the public light, um, there is a responsibility, whether you like it or not, uh, to speak up on these matters. And again, you, you know, you talk about white athletes uh, like Tom Brady and Sidney Crosby, who haven't said anything of note to this point. You look at, um, frankly, uh, white journalists with big audiences, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about fighting racism, uh, their audiences, uh, you know, especially if they, they're in baseball or hockey, their audiences are primarily white. So you almost need them to speak even more mm-hmm. so that you get their attention. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you lose some followers? If that's truly what you believe in, if you really want to fight this fight for equality, then you have to be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. I, I think, you know, there's certainly, it's hard to expect 
a lot from a Twitter account of a corporation, but at the same time, the people that corporation represents, it, it matters. And you can clearly tell the Raptors statement didn't get run through Masai Ujiri or any player on the team. Mm-hmm. And that's disappointing. And hopefully they can learn from that. And hopefully the actions of the individual players and the franchise going forward um, sort of reflect differently upon the team. But um, yeah, disappointing to say the least that they were so vague in what they came out with originally. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation, of course, but first I want to tell you about Blinkist, which is the most useful app on your phone, especially for right now, if you're trying to learn and become a better ally and, and, you know, really dive into personal development on a deep level. It's an incredible app. I highly recommend it. It is called Blinkist. It's really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways that needs to know info from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that info right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive growing library from self-help business and health to history books blinkist has the latest latest titles from bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to and if you're really really trying to dig into personal development and learn you know about the struggles of the black community about ways that you can help about you know just understanding the the issue at a deeper level some books to totally recommend if you i mean i recommend you read the entire things if you can but if you want to try to get as much into your uh sort of rotation as possible blinkist is a great way as well there's me and white supremacy by layla layla Saad. that's available on blinkist there's also uh between the world and me by ta coates and tons of other great resources if you're trying to do the necessary reading to fully understand what's going on on a deep level um so please make sure you're doing that and of course with blinkist you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed books all the books you want for one low price right now for a limited time blinkist has a special offer just for our audience go to blinkist.com slash mba try it free for seven days and save 25 percent off your new subscription that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t dot com slash mba to start your free seven-day trial and you'll also save 25 percent off but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash mba no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, let's wrap this up here. Um, by sort of looking ahead, you know, I think Katie made the really good point that this is not just a conversation for right now. Um, you know, Vivek, you talked about the cycle that Masai talked about in his piece. The, you know, event happens, a couple weeks of outrage, and, you know, nothing really comes of it. I think, you know, the, the thing right now is to sort of think what we can do for good, just that that's sustained. That's not a part of the moment, which again, if you're, if you're donating for the first time right now, that's great. And that's, that's a great starting point. But 
how do you continue it? Um, Vivek, just sort of wondering where you're at in terms of, um, you know, how you've been sort of reevaluating ways that you can help and also how you think the show in particular can kind of help in, in being a better ally to the black community. I think for me personally, you know, when I want to uh, show my support for a cause, I want to, the, the most important thing that you can devote, whether it be to a person or a cause or whatever it may be is time. And so I think making the time to educate yourself, reading books, uh, watching, there's, there's lectures on, uh, on YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, that you can watch and learn. Uh, so I would, I would encourage uh, people to, you know, don't just donate money and then, you know, pretend you've washed your hands clean and, you know, done your duty. If you want to make this commitment, um, for me, that, that is investing the time to truly understand this issue, how deep-rooted racism is, the history of it. Um, and then, you know, maybe you get closer to understanding the magnitude of the fight at hand. And, uh, you know, I forget who said it on one of those clips uh, on CNN, uh, but, you know, he said that, you know, this is, this is going to be a losing battle for some time and uh, we have to try again. We have to fail again and we have to fail better. And so, you know, even if we're going to fail, how are we going to do it better? How are we going to do it better than before? And so for me, that is educating myself. That is making sure my money is going uh, to causes that can best help advance uh, this fight. And so that is what I would encourage uh, other people to do as well. Katie? Yeah, I mean, to echo Vivek, I think there's a lot to be said for educating yourself and like kind of digging deep and starting somewhere. I think a lot of times we are, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I want to help. I want to help. Like, where, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, you can learn yourself. Like you can very easily look these things up and it's, it's kind of like, you don't want to put more work on the black community and like, you don't want to put more work for people that are like, you know, really reconciling a lot of trauma with ways that they're trying to, you know, also be activists at this time. Like it's, it's not really up to other people to educate you in anything, mm-hmm. uh, especially this. So I think like, you know, a lot of people maybe feel overwhelmed or they don't know where to start, but like there's no wrong place to start. Uh, and like, you know, you can just, the internet is a tool that you, it, it's like how many times have you gotten extremely lost and gone down a rabbit hole learning about something extremely useless and stupid, mm-hmm. like, and, and devoted hours, you know? So like, <laughs> this is something that like you is definitely worth your time and you can find like so many resources. I mean, if you don't want to just like, if you're, if you're worried your whole life is online, like you can order books, the libraries are going to be open soon. Mm-hmm. You can order books for free. They will bring them to your local library. I love the library. Uh, and you should learn about it. And then, and then I think that it's important then when you want to go and have conversations with people, you at least have done the bare minimum Mm -hmm. and are showing up with like some background knowledge and information. Uh, and even if you do know, there's like, I think more because it's like an ongoing conversation. And like I said, like, it's not like you get to somewhere and then you, you can stop learning. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how it works. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't think that's how being like a good ally works. And I don't think in general that's how being like a compassionate person works. Like you've mm-hmm. got to keep 
working at it. And it's hard because you can get exhausted and overwhelmed, but just like keep, keep trying, (laughs) try harder. No, I'm with you. And I think, um, you know, you continuing to do the work and the research only eventually to, you know, lead to people around you kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. being inspired to do that. I mean, that's again, a reason we should have talked about it on the show originally is if the show inspires one other person to go pick up a, a book and do, you know, more research on their own because we talked about one thing. I think that's, that's valuable. I think, you know, the people that are around you that maybe aren't quite wise to, to things and are still a little bit ignorant, you know, you, if you're educating yourself, you can be part of the solution there as well. And I just also want to say like, cause I know, I think it's great and important to have like difficult conversations, whether it's like with your family or like friends and maybe that you want to put that off cause you know how they're going to go. Keep in mind too, like I often forget this, but like a lot of people aren't as online as we are and like certainly not (laughs) the way that like news travels is a lot slower so just because someone maybe hasn't heard something yet it doesn't mean they're not willing to engage with you they just like Mm -hmm. maybe straight up have not heard that piece of information yet so it's like try and remember that and maybe like slow down a little like a clip if you can when you are having those conversations Mm -hmm. totally i i think you know, it goes beyond that as well. I mean, the, there's financial donations you can you can give. The, you know, you can do big lump sums. You can do monthly, which helps uh, these organizations plan out how much money they're going to have in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, you know, everyone's got the email of their MPs and their city councilors. And, you know, there are actionable things you can do. Send an email to a city councilor. Ask why the police budget in your city is is totally outstripping the education budget or the mental health services budget or whatever it's it's out stripping every other budget i can tell you that for sure um you know you have that power you have a computer you have email like take that resource as well vivek did you have anything else you want to throw in here no i think you guys have pretty much covered it um yeah i think uh i can't stress enough what katie said about you know, putting pressure on the black community to ed- educate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you there, there's enough resources out there uh, to make the effort yourself. Uh, that doesn't mean that you just shy away from conversations whatsoever. Absolutely, you know. And I wouldn't just say this for the black community; just for people co- of color in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to learn more, if you want to expand your horizons, uh, engage with the uh, Asian community, the South Asian community. Or whatever it may be and you know try and be a better human being going forward well said um and i think that's probably a pretty good place to leave it for today i want to thank you two so much for for coming on the show um i also we've also agreed that uh for the month of june any money that the lockdown raptors podcast earns will be donating to black lives to Tor- black lives matter toronto um and we'll also be setting up a monthly uh donation as well once things are kind of cleared here and we kind of know what our situation is with the podcast but um that's something that we're promising to do here and uh hopefully you are, are looking to do things like that as well and if you have the means great if, if you don't have the means to donate this is where the reading and educating yourself is so so important um that Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. We don't have to plug anything today. Um, that's not important. Um, any last parting shots, though, or anything like that, Katie? No, I just really appreciate you guys. And that we yeah, have a too. platform to have these uh, conversations. Same here. Vivek? Um, so one thing that's just come into my mind, yeah. uh, and I would hate for this show to end without doing this at all, 
is uh, we have uh, we haven't said a word about the indigenous community. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, that community has been ignored for far too long in Canada, and we mm-hmm. have to do better. And uh, I'm sorry that it, that it is coming up at the last moment here as well. Um, but that is another thing where we have to do better to educate ourselves, to make the time uh, and donate towards the right causes. Absolutely. Everything that has to be said about learning about the black community applies to learning about the indigenous community as well and things they've gone through, which uh, are horrendous. Um, thank you to so much for coming on the show. Thank you for um, Vivek for calling us on, on Friday and, and saying that we should have talked about this. And I appreciate that. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be back again later in the week. We'll get to basketball again at some point. Um, It's not terribly important right now. um, But I'm sure there will be stuff to talk about as the week goes on. Until then, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.